Welcome back to the Barefoot Punter. I'm your host as always, The Mug, your co-host, The Logical One. We take our inspiration from the Barefoot Investor, but instead of giving you investment advice, we're here to give you a bit of betting advice on the 2019 AFL season. And it's a big uh, welcome and introduction to this week's podcast to The Logical One. Mug, you are always much happier, much more up and about after those Hawks get the win. They got it done. I was sitting at home, I was watching the, watching the game on Sunday, and they mentioned Clarkson's coaching, and I was like, I just knew it was coming, and I think that text message from you came about 20 seconds later, Clarkson is the best, Clarkson's this, and I'm like, he's like a dog to a bone. Oh, I loved it. Well, I actually, I wasn't watching it on the TV, because um, I, I was doing some Mother's, Mother's Day activities on uh, on Sunday, and I time got away from me and I, I said to the lovely I said love it's uh, half time do you mind if I skip across I skip across the road and I actually went for the second half and watched it live uh, the second half live but very impressed uh, with the uh, with the Hawks wasn't good for the back pocket a little bit boring did you think that's <laughs> yeah I saw uh, I saw Wayno's comments there um well, it's not uh, not boring when you're winning, is it? No. Uh, I just thought they were clinical and and they were they were too good for the GWS. I thought the GWS were actually uh, Cameron was pretty tough on his own team after. I actually thought they were pretty physical. They were tackling hard. They were smothering. They were trying, but uh, they just didn't have a way. I did. I did think they were trying. Yeah, um, they just didn't have a way forward. Without wanting to talk about the Hawks too much every week, I, thought, <laughs> I think they did miss Mumford enormously. Yeah. Uh, he would have bashed through and created yep. some inroads for other players to run through. Um, in hindsight, I think that was probably the, the thing that really cost them. So a bit of a retro, and, retro steer there. And um, for you, for you, logical. That was the only one out of your five you missed out on for the weekend, if I'm not mistaken. So if you just want to give us a bit of a betting recap there on how you went, because you were on fire. Yeah, well, it wasn't too bad actually. At the end of the the round eight, I tipped uh, Carlton plus. Yep. Uh, Gold Coast plus. Uh, Geelong minus. GWS minus and West Coast was was the market watch. Yep. Yeah. And uh, and we put that one out on Twitter. Uh, that got down to about minus three and a half. I think it was. I, I took some dollar eighty three at top better uh, just before the jump as well, head to head. So that was uh, that was a market watch. So we took that one. So yep. that made up one of the five. And for myself, I was exactly the same as you, except uh, I had. Um, Rio on the Sunday that uh, that didn't get up, and I also had no. That was it. That was it. Yeah. So I missed on GWS and Freo on the Sunday. Yep. Yeah. So that were the two. So I was four from six for the weekend. Um, so yeah, we we're pretty pretty happy with that. Would have been a bit happier. Uh, I'm sure this is going to make it into bad beats if a head to head had have got up. But uh, oh, the bad talk, beats. Talk about pretty, bad beats. It's a pretty go. obvious one this weekend, isn't it? Uh, Gold Coast head to head. They've kicked that goal. With 50 seconds to go, I think, and I've just given it a bit of a fist pump, and I'm thinking, well, I can't lose from here. Yeah. I can't lose. Worst case scenario is a draw. Um, and Melbourne have kicked two, a goal and a behind in 50 seconds of play. It's absolutely... I didn't know what to say. I didn't, yeah. And, yeah, just just a shocker. <laughs> yeah, it was, that was shocking. So I normally say I feel for your punters if you're on Gold Coast, but I was feeling for myself on the weekend. Yeah, no, fair enough. Um, while we're on the bad beats, actually one thing that was mentioned to me uh, over the weekend, by my brother-in-law Trotter, who's actually a, an avid listener, He's friend of a friend of good friend of the program, good good friend of the program. He said to me, "I didn't, you know, you talk about these lines, and I only want to take it if it gets to this level and not that level, and a couple of points makes such a difference." And 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 I think there's a good example of that was say on the weekend, um, the Geelong minus. Um, it got it started at eighteen and a half, and it got out to 22, 23, 24, 
and a couple of my mates were asking me about it on the weekend. And I said, I think it's almost moved too far. Yep. And one of my mates actually took the 24 and a half. Yes, even I had a mate do the same thing, put it in a multi. And, and, oh, and, that's, and that's your one, that's, you've lost that. And if you're having 10 bets and you, you, you lose one by a point, there's, there's your margin. That's what you're making for the year. So that's the importance of those couple of points. Sometimes it's really critical and it might not sound, it might sound a bit silly, but those couple of points are super, super important. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Uh, and anything else there, Logical? That was it. The, just the Gold Coast bad beats. I think that that's that's the bad beat of the year so far. I think. So, okay. Um, Very so. good. Well, I might introduce. We've got a, a special guest uh, here with us this evening who's managed to stop by the studio. Uh, he's a former uh, Collingwood and uh, Carlton player. He played seventy-eight games uh, across the two clubs. Pick number twenty-eight out of thirty-nine in the preseason draft in ninety-four from Warrigal via. Uh, Preston, I believe it was. Um, yep. He's a uh, he's a good friend of the program, and it's a it's a big welcome and introduction to Mr. Trent Hotton. Thanks, Mark. Thanks for joining Logical. us. Thanks, thanks for joining us, mate. Good to see you here. Um, you uh, you played um, what three three years at? Uh, tell tell us a little bit about how you got drafted, where you were playing at the time, and I think talk, talk us through those early years at the Pies. Oh, how did you draft Pies? Pies was um, they sort of recruited me. Firstly, through a uh, Country Vic tryout team. So I think, um, if I re- remember rightly, I think I was trying out for this the basketball team, and across the road they had the footy team tryouts. So I went over for a, in the basketball break, and the Collingwood boy said, who's this gherkin with his uh, basketball shorts on, running around with shoes on, the sneakers? And uh, I got a little bit of the ball for a quarter, and they sort of kept my eye on me for the next couple of years and ended up coming down and doing a uh, pre-season down there. Put me on the sup list and um, yeah, they said, welcome, you're on the sup list. And I said, okay, thank you. But what does that mean? I don't even know. And uh, to end up, um, sup list back in those days was a, a twos program. And I said, well, look, I haven't played footy for a while, so I wouldn't mind going and playing at, at Preston. So I had a year at Preston and they drafted me after that. Yeah, wow. Okay. And and did, okay. they, did they actually give you an indication that they were going to take you? Because it was back in the pre-season draft, which is almost a non-event these days. Does it still even run the pre-season draft? Or hardly? Yeah, yeah it's, it's not yeah, really. Nah, it's not, not. Yeah, so they actually did. They we played a couple. Of, we played a practice match um, against St Kilda, and at halftime they just said, "Come off, like you've had a bit of the ball, probably too much of it. We don't want anyone to see you playing footy anymore." So I um, didn't play for a few weeks, and then they they pulled me in and said, "Oh, look, if, if we put you in the sub list, we." go on that this year and I said has the rules changed because uh, if not no so um, they said okay well I bet we'll probably have to draft you then so you play 17 games uh, across the three years uh, I think there was an incident in 96 that slowed your career up a little bit uh, was a little bit was there some, some sort of nightclub incident or something like that hot oh, dog there, you might be after there might have been there was a problem there was definitely a few nightclub incidents um, you know and, and back at those times uh, I certainly didn't have a professional outlook on on football and and my behaviour went went in tow with that. So, yeah, look, I, we had a a, um, a policy within the club that we'd be home by midnight, and I tended to never go home by midnight. And uh, you know, after probably ten or twelve weeks in a row, it got a bit much. So, yeah, the, the club was going in a different direction than I wanted to go at that time. <laughs> Very good, mate. Well, it's uh, it's good to have you on the. While program. we're talking about his career, I think. Um, uh, as a stat that is probably uh, my favourite wow. about Trent's, Trent's career is... Um, I've got a written probably, on the back. You probably wouldn't know this. He's the eighth most accurate AFL player of all time with a minimum of 50 scoring shots. 
50 well, goals, 20. Well, he's actually the six if you Is say they've got to have a minimum of, of 50 goals with an accuracy of 71.43%. Just above uh, Plugger Lockett, four above Plugger, couple behind Tory Dixon. <laughs> and uh, Ben McAvoy is the only other current player above him there as well. So, yeah, uh, I think the key to McAvoy is probably where he marks them yeah, in the middle. True. Yeah. What was the key to your accuracy? Luck. I did play a bit of football with Trent, and, and um, I don't recall him being particularly accurate. So I don't, I don't know what you were thinking about. Maybe that was more in the nightclub days. So I wasn't very accurate there. Um, but no, so look, it was, it was an interesting one. I, um, my first, I ended up with a reasonable percentage given I think my first seven shots at goal were points. And I remember my first shot at goal, uh, we played the Bulldogs at Western Oval, and um, I, had, I hardly had a touch. I was terrible. But I had a shot for goal, I think, in the third quarter, and I was about 35 out, and Peter Foster marked it yep. um, at his midriff right on the point post line, and, and the commentators said, that is the worst kick in the history of the <laughs> AFL. <laughs> so my brothers have reminded me of that quite a bit. <laughs> yeah. um, but, uh, but long story short, after that... Um, Lee Matthews was my coach at the time, and he, uh, I remember kicking the ball to him for half an hour, and he ended up standing between the goals and kicking it to him, and he said, mate, you haven't missed for like 15 minutes, you know, why you kick so badly on the weekend? And I said, he goes, what do you aim for? And I said, oh, sort of just up towards the sticks, and he said, oh, no wonder you miss. He said, I just used to pick someone in the crowd and kick it to them. He said, you can kick to, to someone, so just kick it to someone in the crowd, and I went, oh. So after that, you know, had a reasonable conversion. Maybe that's why it didn't work so much in country footy or, or suburban footy. There was no yeah. one in the crowd. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> very good. Well, mate, uh, it's very good to have you here. Um, good friend of the program. And uh, we'll ask you a couple of other questions about your career and perhaps your, uh, your move uh, back to the suburban football. What, not about my punting expertise? Yeah, well, we'll talk about that for sure. Um, and then uh, we'll talk about your, uh, your move to uh, Carlton as well and how you actually ended up there. And, of course, we're keen to get your... Uh, your thoughts on the upcoming round and, and what your uh, what your tips are. Sounds good. We've had a few. Ga- game one, Optus Stadium, Friday, seventeenth of May, eight ten p.m. West Coast Eagles are taking on the Melbourne Demons. West Coast Eagles, a dollar twenty eight versus the Demons, three dollars sixty, making the Eagles a twenty one and a half point favourite. What do you see here, logical? Yeah, well, I'm pretty sure I know where you're going with this one, and I think I'm going to be agreeing with you. Uh, West Coast not flying, but a little bit better last week. Um, don't think the scoreline was probably representative near the end of what what the match went with St Kilda. Um, they get back potentially Rioli, and if they get back Rioli, I really I think that's what they've been missing in a, in, a, in a way. They've two small forwards created a lot of um, carnage for other teams last year. Um, Melbourne, as we know, not going well. Lose Hibbard. Lose Melksham. Lewis, Might lose probably. Lewis, that doesn't really matter. Neither here or there. Um, but playing poorly uh, over in the West, um, I think that the Melbourne have been backed. So they started at 26. And I couldn't believe it. Couldn't believe it. Um, I made this on ratings 26 and a half, couple of injuries. Um, I'm putting up a unit on the minus here. Yeah. For me. Excellent, mate. Yeah, I um, I actually took a bit of the 24 and a half and was absolutely kicking myself when I saw it Monday afternoon get down as low as 19 and a half. I had to take more at the 19 and a half. I just couldn't have it that I was on the five points the wrong way. But uh, yeah, I'm into this one. Uh, I've given you a bit of rubbish about the St Kilda favouritism. I probably have a favouritism to the Perth teams, I think. Um, but uh, yeah, I'm into the Eagles. Um, 
Uh, Eagles not going great, but they are getting their game back, and this is more of an anti-Melbourne bet for me probably than a, a one how how good the uh, the Eagles are going. So, yeah, I'm, I'm into it. Hot it's dog. Melbourne's first visit there since the finals, isn't it? Yeah, since the prelim yes, last yeah, year where they got smashed point. up. What, how do you see this one, big fella? demons. Melbourne stink. Yeah, <laughs> Melbourne stink. Yeah. Right. I haven't been a West Coast fan, and I wasn't all last year, so I don't know a lot. So I, ta- I take it, though, you're uh, if you're putting your footy tips in this week, you're uh, tipping West Coast West by Coast. How, how many? Oh, 35. 35 points, all right. So well, there's, a, there's a bet for, for hots on the minus as well. We're all in agreement. <laughs> so that's not a minus, mate. <laughs> Game two, MCG, Saturday, 18th of May, 145. Collingwood Magpies, $1.20, taking on St. Kilda Saints, $4.40, making the Magpies a 29.5-point favourite. Uh, Magpies just fell over the line uh, on the weekend. Uh, dubious umpiring, I don't know, but uh, they got over the, uh, the Blues in the end. Yep. Uh, the Saints... Got out uh, to a price as well. Yeah. Yep. Yep. The uh, the Saints coming back the other way. Um, they were brave, but um, but not quite up to it. How do you see this one? Logical. Um, yeah. Like early on the week, I wasn't quite sure, but today I saw Elliot's being ruled out for the pies. Hamstring. Yeah, hamstring. Um, Beams will come back in. Um, St Kilda. I don't think there's any major changes. They've still got their their issues down there. Um, being at the MCG is probably the worry for me for St Kilda, but. They've been better at the MCG. They've been better at the MCG, and Collingwood's forward line is really, really not going well. Like, yeah. They probably they're talking about bringing Cox back in for Reed, or if Reed stays in, um, I think that's their major issue. They don't have any trouble in the midfield, and their back line's solid. But I think um, you know a big line like this again with that high, like lower scoring matches, and and they they struggle to score. I, I'm not saying they probably they probably still win the match, but I, yeah, for me, a unit here on the plus. Yeah, okay. And I've got written down here Saints line is the preference, but I had no bet. Um, but as always, happy to follow the advice of the logical one. Uh, he's a uh, 15 out of 15 year winner, 13 out of 15, 10% return on investment. Um, so yeah, I hadn't hadn't put that one down as one of the ones I liked, but uh, but if the logical's into it, I might well I, I may well be as well. Hot dog. Hang on, are yeah. you saying well, why is Cox out? I don't even know. Ma- or Mason Cox was Cox, out last, Cox hasn't last been week. Playing. Yeah, yeah. So but he, yeah, if he comes back in, then pies are good. You're right. They lack the structure without him. So yeah. you're, you're happy to get stuck into the pies if if Cox is playing. All right. If Cox is playing, uh, the hot dog's in. Game three, up at the Gabba, Saturday the 18th of May, 2.10pm. Brisbane Lions are taking on the Adelaide Crows. The Brisbane Lions are $1.72 and the Adelaide Crows $2.10, making the Brisbane Lions a four and a half point favourite. Logical. What do you think? Interesting one, this for me, because I think almost all season the market has rated Brisbane higher than I have, mm. and I think this is one game where that isn't the case. Um, I've, you know, I marked this. I think it's what did you say, three and a half point favourites, four and a half point. Yep. Yeah, and I and I marked Brisbane four and a half point favourites. Um, without cr- and that's without the home ground or no with with, with, home, with, with the, the home ground. ground. Yeah, yeah, okay. I think uh, they're talking about Crouch might not play, but Gibbs will come in, so pretty ready, ready replacement. I think that possibly the dry day game could help Brisbane because of their speed and Adelaide are a bit slow. Um, I do think the market may move to Adelaide here. Uh, So it could go off. And if it does go off Pickham, I'd be on Brisbane. Um, But at the moment, no bet. Yeah, okay. For myself, um, I've just got Adelaide 
is the preferred choice just on the plus money, but um, but at the same time, I've got written down here no bet for myself. Oh, and just on that pick'em for the listeners out there that don't understand, pick'em is when the odds are equal, so dollar ninety each each side. Yep, no worries. And hot dog, you got a tip for us? Oh, jeez, no idea. Lions crows, I don't rate them either. Yeah, okay. All right. No, uh, I'll, I'll take that as a pass from <laughs> a hot dog. Avi Norman from hot dog. Game four, Saturday, 18th of May, 4.35, GM HBA Stadium. So down at Geelong. The Geelong Cats are taking on the Western Bulldogs. Geelong Cats, $1.22. And the Bulldogs, in return, are $4.20. Making the Cats a pretty solid favorite here of 29.5 points. It's a lot of points, but the Cats have been very dominant down at the Cattery for a long time. Surprisingly, when I went back and had a look at a few things today, the, um, the doggies have actually been fairly competitive and were competitive down there uh, just about 12 months ago, I think it was. Um, but you look at the Cats' form, they're going really well, 29.5 points. I'd probably lean towards the Cats if I was forced to have a bet, but... Um, at that line, it's no betting for the mug. The logical one might have something different for us. What have you got, mate? Uh, for me here, there's a few injury concerns that uh, you don't have clarity at this time of the week. Um, we don't know where that. They're talking about resting Gaz again, which they talked about that last week. They're not sure whether Selwood's going to come back. Men and goal are. A few of those things. Danger's still got a bit of a niggle. Um, but notwithstanding all of that, um, I don't see how the dogs score down there. Like, yep. They struggle to score at the best of the times, and Geelong have defended so well this year, especially at that ground. I'm not saying I want to be on the minus, but definitely don't want to be on the plus. I okay. wouldn't put in the plus bet up. Um, if I was forced to have a bet, I'd probably have a minus bet, but I was hoping to get a few less than 30 or 29 from the markets out there. So for me, no bet. And can you see that market moving back you know, and just trimming up a little bit? I don't think so. Okay. I don't think so, unfortunately. Right. So no betting at that price or that line at the moment. The big fella sitting to my right. Um, what's your thoughts on this one down at the Cattery? I, I like the way Geelong are playing. Um, you know, I like that Gary's taking the forward role. Um, they've got a lot of upside still. You know, it doesn't look like danger's moving well. Um, but doggies for me, I, you, I don't think you can bet on a game that the doggies are playing in. Because you don't know who's turned up. Yeah. yeah. They just, you know, a couple of weeks ago they were really good. Yeah, then the week before that, they were terrible. So yeah. I think that a lot of the young blokes or the, the sort of leaders can be really good and really poor all at the same time. So a pass from the hot dog. Yep. And while, we're, while we're talking about hot dog and his punting, um, we've, we know a bit about yourself and myself's punting, myself as a punter. Um, hot dog, yourself as a, as a punter, what would you say? Probably the worst punter. <laughs> <laughs> I was just asking the break what the minus was about. <laughs> so, um, so you haven't learned anything off this guy over the years? Oh, he's been trying to teach me, but it's uh, all to no avail. Yeah. I, I refuse to listen. Um, yeah, no, it's uh, it, I'm a complete mug. <laughs> <laughs> but you enjoy it. Yes. Absolutely. All right, good stuff. Game five, Saturday, 18th of May, 7.25 p.m., at the Marvel Stadium, Essendon Bombers are taking on the Fremantle Dockers. Essendon Bombers, $1.40. Fremantle Dockers, $2.90. Making the Bombers here a 17.5-point favourite. 
We just got some uh, news um, flash through from the obnoxious one too. Uh, he's oh, been really? pretty hot in the buttons, the obnoxious one lately. Yeah. I've got a little bit of information from the obnoxious one about GWS later as well. Oh, really? He's got some but, inside uh, mail there. He has got some inside mail. But Devin Smith uh, is a little bit proppy for this one coming into the uh, Essendon, in, into the Fremantle clash for Essendon. So that might be something to take into consideration. Um, Essendon were pretty poor on the weekend. Uh, probably talent-wise, should have got the chocolates against a pretty poor Sydney outfit. But um, it was pretty clear to me from Parker addressing the lads at the start of the game that they wanted it more than Essendon. And uh, they ground out the win, and that's exactly what happened. So I think it just exposes that frailty amongst Essendon again. And um, they're facing up a... Well, they'll be steaming the Fremantle Dockers after that performance against Richmond. They're coming across the, the Nullarbor to prove their worth. They've been going a lot better this year, Frio. they got Nat Fife, my man, who I absolutely love. And at 17 and a half, I want a little bit of that one logical. So I've had a go at Fremantle at the line and a little bit of head-to-head as well. Uh, what about yourself, mate? How do you see this one? Yeah, well, um, as you said, Devin Smith out. Arazio is not going to play. Danaher may come back. Um but he's not 100% fit, even if he does come back, I don't think. Um, I rate these two senior teams equal. Um, and so the only thing advantage here is home ground advantage, and it's not 17.5 points. So for me, I couldn't agree more. Um, I, I'm putting a, a unit bet on Freo at the plus here as well. Freo at the plus. Okay, so but the, boy, the boys are uh, consensus uh, on the two WA teams so far. Uh, hot dog, do you dare to differ? Can you, uh, can you disagree? No. Not at all. Freo got the two best tall midfielders in the comp, I reckon, at the moment. Yeah, and, and Freo, what well, I didn't say then, I don't think Freo were that bad last week. I yeah. think the Tigers were amazing. Okay. And I thought Freo were okay. Um, and as we know, I've just, Essendon are just going. Yeah. So, okay, so, yeah. There, so there it is from the lads. We're, uh, we're in on Freo together. And just to uh, advise the listeners, the conversation is raw between myself and the logical one. We haven't conferred about any of these games before. You may have sent me a little I did, text. I did no, send you a, trying to get some info out. I did send you a text <laughs> message, but you didn't respond. Uh, so, uh, <laughs> so, uh, so the conversation is raw. We haven't spoken about lines or head-to-heads or uh, markets or, or players or anything like that before this very moment. So... So uh, you're getting mug advice uh, and you're getting the logicals advice, and so far they're uh, exactly the same. But um, we're going to flick uh, back over to uh, to our main man who's sitting next to us, Trent Hotton. He um, so he was unceremoniously uh, removed from the Collingwood uh, Football Club at the or mid- midway through '97, was it Hot Dog? It was the the week before the first game. There you go, and. Um, Sure, he wasn't happy with some of your antics, I recall, and uh, gave you your marching orders. You went back out to the Burbs. Uh, you played in the Eastern Football League there with the uh, East Burwood Rams, who I believe are celebrating their 20th... 20-year uh, anniversary. 20-year anniversary, anniversary of your yes. premiership in 99. So uh, so I used to play against you, and the, uh, and the logical one used to play with you. Um, so they were no doubt fun days uh, for yourself. You, you both were... made me look good. <laughs> you were an absolutely dominant player in the competition. I don't know where you finished. Where did you finish in the league, best and fairest, in that year? Do you remember? I have no idea. Um, but definitely a dominant. We weren't, we weren't uh, about individual awards down at the Rams. <laughs> no, of course not. Of course not. Um, but uh, as a what six foot four, six foot five player, a very athletic uh, ruckman. Uh, you almost like a, a ruck rover. You were. I remember playing against you and and that was pretty much your role. Um, so you play there for a couple of years and all of a sudden the phone rings again. How was it that you actually found yourself uh, at Carlton? 
Well, um, we actually had a, a few um, decent young boys playing, and the logical one was one of those boys, so he tells me. Um, but uh, and there's a few recruiters coming out to have a look at them. I think after one of the games, the Carlton recruiting guy, uh, Paul Brody, asked the current St Kilda coach, who was our, um, our coach, Alan Richardson, he said, why doesn't Trent want to play AFL anymore? And uh, Richo said to, uh, to Paul, maybe you should ask him, he might. So, uh, so Paul gave me a call and I said, yeah, I'd love to. And um, that was about it. So it was as simple as that? Yeah, I went down and played, uh, when we had a bye, um, they wanted me to come down and play in the, t- in the reserves for a few games and try out. And I said, look, I can't. I'm, I'll come when we've got a bye. Um, so we didn't play when we had a, a week off and had a reasonable day of it. And um, yeah, they said after the game, you just got yourself drafted today. Fantastic. And mate, you had a good run of it at Carlton. You know, um, I think you played there for three years and um, and tallied up for almost 50 games or so, was it? You played about 60 games there over, 61 games over three years, I think, at, Something at, like that, at yeah. Carlton. So yeah. you had you had a good go. You played finals there as well? Yeah, we played a few finals. We, uh, we had a reasonable, we had a good side the first couple of years and then we had a really bad side the last year. <laughs> yeah. um, we went from... I think uh, third in the ladder to the bottom of the ladder in uh, in twelve months. So um, the club's never recovered. No, then, <laughs> no we've, they haven't. We've been uh, the bottom the bottom of the table since. And um, and for the listeners, uh, remind the listeners what position were you playing for Carlton back then? You obviously slotted a few goals, but where were you playing mainly when you uh, when you were back there at the Blues? Um, I, gen- I got recruited as a centre half forward and played there quite a bit, but um, uh, it, for some reason, all of our ruckmen kept going down and getting injured so I ended up playing a fair bit in the ruck and the ruck and I think you put him in at 6'5 before but he's not near that I think you were 6'2 and a half yeah he might have shrunk in his old age 6'2 and a half ruck in the AFL not a bad effort I used to be 6'2 I think I'm 6'1 now um, so yeah, had had a had a great leap, and uh, and mate, of the players that you played with and against, um, who was who were some of the best that you remember? You know, where you actually played on them for the day, back in a time where you probably did play on players for the whole day. Who was who were some memorable ones that you remember just thinking, "Geez, this guy's this guy's bloody good." Um, yeah, there wasn't often I played on too many guys because I tended to put up forward um, and changing around. So. Um, I played a couple of games down back when people got off the chain and that, that was never fun when you went down the other end if someone's kicked a few. And that happened a couple of times. I, I remember having to go down at halftime. They said, oh, Wayne's already kicked five. Wayne Carey, can you go down and do something? And I thought, oh, this is going to be fun. But yeah, I think he, he just kept kicking goals on me. It didn't matter who was going on. He just kept kicking goals. Uh, he was very good. The, the other two, um, you know, David Neitz at times, he had some unbelievable football in him. Um, yeah, both up. At, I played on him when I was at centre half forward. He was at centre half back at at uh, one year, and then the next year I had to go down the other end after he kicked a bag at centre half forward. So yeah, he could play both ends really well. Yeah, very good, awesome, mate. Well, uh, good to hear some of those stories. We might uh, we might just roll straight into our game six. That's happening Saturday, eighteenth of May, seven twenty-five, Blundstone Arena. So that's down in the Apple Isle, the bottom of Australia for our international listeners, North Melbourne. They're taking on the Sydney Swans. North Melbourne, $1.70. Taking on the Sydney Swans, $2.14. Making the Kangaroos a five-and-a-half point favourite. Logical one. How do you see this line? I think those prices might even be a little bit stale there, Mug. Um, There's been a bit of a move. Um, 
I think that lines out to seven and a half now. Seven and a half. Unfortunately for the listeners. Well, um, ju- well, just on the just on the prices, they're coming to you courtesy from Ladbrokes, and I updated these prices probably about three, four o'clock this afternoon. Yeah, so, so it might been, have been a bit of market. It's movement. been a late move. It's it's the Carlton Sports and Spinal Market Mover of the Week. Um, get down and see Andrew. He's if you've got a bad back, he is amazing. Um, good friend of the program. Good friend of the program. Um, this is unfortunate that the market move has happened here because I was quite keen on the Kangas. Um, they play very well down at um, Blundstone. Um, they've, I thought they were much better on the weekend. They're starting to go pretty well. And as we know, Sydney aren't travelling great. The one upside there is they could get Buddy back, but would they take Buddy in down a cold night at Tasmania and bring him back with a slightly dodgy hammy? I don't know. So that could mark, move the market back. But for me... Um, was going to be a unit minus here, but it's just moved out to seven and a half, eight and a half. It's probably Is that not. What it's out to now? Yeah, yeah, probably okay. not. If you can get six and a half, I'm still a unit bet. But for me now, uh, it's a pass. Yeah, okay. And myself, uh, the logical one. Geez, we're we're very much in sync this week. I've already taken a good whack at the North Melbourne. I think with the promo, you got to be into it head to head. I think I got some dollar seventy two. I might I put that out on Twitter as well. Um, that that was an early lean for me, and uh, and I've taken a bit extra on the head to head. So a couple of units there for me, North Melbourne head to head. I haven't touched the line. Just just dollar seventy two. That was good enough for me to just hop into the head to head and take a bit of that promo action. So North Melbourne for me down in Hobart. Um, for yourself, Trent, what do you what do you think? Oh, I've been the one game at Hobart, and North were pretty good. Uh, yeah, look, I, I think they'll win down there. I've, I've got no idea what the price means, though. <laughs> uh, well, North at the moment, a slight favourite, I guess. Um, but, um, but yeah, they're going pretty good, and they've performed pretty well, I think, in the last couple of weeks. So North Melbourne uh, for, for myself. Game 7, Sunday, the 19th of May, 1.10pm. Uh, so the early game on the Sunday at the Adelaide Oval. Port Adelaide Power are taking on the Gold Coast Suns. The Port Adelaide Power are short here. $1.18 and the Gold Coast Suns the other way, four seventy-five, Making the Port Adelaide Power a 32.5 point favourite, which is a lot of points. Logical one. Yeah, we've discussed a lot of points this year and what's happening and there could be a bit of weather around there. Um, in that game, um, Ebert, I'm hearing, still not possibly a certainty to play, probably doubtful to play. Um, Burton's out. Uh, I have heard Whispers Gray may be back. Oh, really? Okay, yeah. that's important. Fiorini back for Gold Coast. Um, for me, on ratings, I made this game basically what it is, maybe 31 and a half, um, but I could only be on Gold Coast at the plus. Um, I don't know whether it's enough to have a bet, but if it gets to 34, 35 in the wet, I'd be a plus. Uh, a unit on the plus for me. We are scarily aligned this week, Logical, because I've got written down here, if I have to have a bet, it'd be Gold Coast, but at this point in time, no bet for the mug. Um, so, uh, Trent, before you head off, mate, I know you've got to go pick up the kids, but um, where do you see this one? And uh, we'll ask you in a moment a little bit about what you're up to these days. Port Adelaide Suns, where do you see it? Uh, look, for me, Port will win easily, but I think if, they actually, if it rains, I think they'll win by more. I just think that Port are stronger in the wet the than, mudlarks. than the Gold Coast. Yeah, they are a slow, strong midfield. Um, so I, I like them in the rain, but, you know, obviously the spread becomes a bit tough then. Yeah, okay. And, mate, just before you head off, uh, maybe uh, tell the listeners what you're up to these days because uh, from time to time when I'm tuning into a... Um, 
a national basketball game. I see your head courtside at uh, at the Melbourne United game, sitting next to the main man there, Dean Vickerman. But uh, but uh, I know that's just a small part of what you do. Talk to the listeners about what you're up to these days. Uh, basically, what I do these days is I work with teams around performance, so um, leadership development, um, working as a good team. And I suppose that you know the lessons I've learned from doing some of the wrong things and being in some some different situations and some poor areas. Um, has helped me in my working career at post football. Oh, awesome, mate! So the name of your company? Uh, company is called Team Effect. Team Effect, and um, and for the listeners, what what are some of the teams that you've worked with in the past, or some of the guys that you're working with at the moment? Well, as you said, working with Melbourne United, I have for the last couple of years. Um, I probably started back in the sporting area with the, with the New Zealand Breakers. Yep. Uh, in the NBL. Uh, since then, the Australian Boomers, the basketball team. Um, I've recently taken on the New Zealand netball team, wow, um, okay. Silver Fern. So yeah, it's uh, a little bit uh, in sport, but but the majority of my work, probably seventy five percent of what I do, is in corporate world. So just working with teams in terms of, you know, it could be sales teams or, or construction teams, or whether it's um, you know project teams for IT. It's just around how do we function as a better unit and. What am I doing that's assisting us and what am I doing that's getting in the road? Awesome. And and something that our, our listeners may be familiar with is you spent a bit of time at leading teams, which are quite fam- famous in AFL circles after you left the, uh, the AFL. Um, yeah. What would you say about your, your time at leading teams and, and, and do you, would you say they're a big competitor of yours now or your you similar style to that? Oh, look, that, they might think I'm a bit of a competitor to them. But, uh, but I, look, I love my time at leading teams. I spent 10 years there and actually opened up an office for them in in Europe and spent two years in London with them, um, but yeah, look, look, similar similar philosophies in in terms of uh, the way teams perform. It's for, you know making sure you've got good relationships, that you can have good discussions about performance, and uh, and then it, down to which way you cut it from there. Awesome, mate. Well, uh, great to catch up. Good to uh, good to see you and uh, enjoy your twenty year reunion this weekend. <laughs> I'm sure I will. <laughs> good Thanks, stuff, boys. mate. No worries, buddy. Thanks, Hot. Game eight, Sunday, 19th of May, 3.20 p.m. The Richmond Tigers are taking on the Hawthorne Hawks at the MCG. It's the traditional time slot for the Hawks these days. Love that. Here we go again, 3.20 on a Sunday. We just can't get enough of it. Richmond Tigers are $1.60 and the Hawks are $2.32, making the Tigers an 8.5 point favourite. The Mug wants nothing to do with this game. Uh, I cannot be involved from a betting perspective at all on the uh, the Hawks. They've been very inconsistent. Um, the Tigers have been pretty good, and if I know you at all, logical one, I feel you're going to be putting up bets here for the Tigers. Well, there's a bit happening in the game because the, the Nank went down in the last game um, or against Frio, and they covered it well during the game. But that's a different situation when you're starting with Soldo, who's probably going to come in to cover for him. Um, but they could get Vlosten back to strengthen up their back line. Asprey. Uh, and Asprey, I don't know whether he's in line. Can't or... be far away. Yeah. Um, and uh, the Hawks, yeah, in terms of the cattle movement there, I don't think there's too much happening, is there? Um, so for me, um, the, I've, I've had some, I thought the Hawks were really good last week. Before that, they have really struggled with um, fast, fit teams. Yep. And I thought Richmond looked really fast and fit on the, week, on the weekend just gone. And I think their small forwards could, could really run the Hawks off their legs. Um, but... It's sort of the eight and a half that I think you quoted, probably no bet, but 
as we speak, I think it's a bit of a stale price. I think that market's moving towards the Hawks. Okay. So I think if you get five and a half or six and a half, then I'm I'm into the Tigers. At so that. so at a goal, you're in into the Tigers. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Uh, no bet for myself. Um, but yeah, the logical one. Getting ready to load up if that market moves. Game nine, the last game of the round, Sunday, the 19th of May, 4.40 p.m., up at Giants Stadium. So that's out in Western Sydney. The GWS Giants are taking on the Carlton Blues. GWS, $1.12 versus the Carlton Blues, $6, making the GWS a 38.5-point favorite. The Blues were brave against the Pies and uh, maybe could have got there but didn't quite... And the GWS, well, you have to say we're disappointing against my Hawks. Uh, 38 and a half points is a lot of points. GWS are talking up a response. The uh, This is where some of the inside information comes in, logical one. The obnoxious, uh, the obnoxious the one. The obnoxious one. It gets, gets good GWS mail. He gets some good anyhow. He reckons <laughs> Canelio can't even clinch a fist well with the finger still yeah so he's still got a bung hand half okay. the reason why he spent the time forward so okay. cannot clinch a fist and uh and jeremy cameron could barely walk after the game uh on the weekend so i thought it was a shoulder that jeremy... shoulder and knee and various other things so jeremy cameron is really banged up and um is, is struggling a bit as well so cameron and Cornelio both struggling. Okay, so, so on top so, of that though, they get Whitfield back. Yep, they get Mumford back. Most likely, I saw they're both listed as probable. Um, Carlton uh, still will be without Simpson and Jones. Maybe get Newman. Maybe get Newman back. Um, so they're getting back a little bit stronger. Um, this this game thirty seven half points about what. Collingwood Carlton was last week. Would you rather be on the plus against Collingwood at the MCG for Carlton or against GRS up there at Giants? I think there's a few things that are different for me this week. It's the emotional factor. Carlton got themselves up for this game at the MCG and the, the MCG form's been pretty good. Even last year when they were struggling, their MCG form was pretty good. They matched it with Collingwood there the year before. They matched it with West Coast there, there last year as well. They've matched it with Collingwood there this year. Um, so so their, their form at the MCG has been okay. They got themselves up emotionally for this game. I'm just worried that there's going to be a letdown factor for the Blues. And I'm also worried about the fact that there's going to be a response factor from the GWS. And they see this as an easy kill. And they really go after the Blues and rip them apart. So, so from that point of view, it's a little bit different for me last this week to, to, to next week but I, I have written down here and I put it on Twitter as well I wanted to speak to you about this this game because I was interested in your thoughts I've put blues is my favorite but no bet where do you see this one yeah and same similar to we talked about this last week with with these bigger lines and that low scoring they probably have to be you know they have to be outscoring GRS have to be outscoring one um, Carlton 1.7 time five times to one. Um, it's very hard to do. Carlton just have to jump them with a couple early goals and they're in some real strife to cover that line. Mm. Um, but I do have some concerns about Carlton as well away from home. Um, so for me, I'm currently saying no bet, um, but I wouldn't definitely couldn't be on the minus. Couldn't be on the minus, uh, And if yep. it gets a bit bigger, maybe be on the plus. Yeah, so market watch, I think, uh, I think we're saying the similar sort of thing there. A bit of a market watch on the Blues. If that... And, and sometimes these big lines can, can get a bit of a run on, can't they? So maybe if that starts... You know, six-point movement. We get out to 44, 45. Uh, that might be a, a, a bet for the boys. 
All right, Logical, that's a wrap for round nine. Uh, can you just give us a bit of a summary of what you're into this weekend? Yeah, for me this week, uh, West Coast minus, St Kilda plus, uh, Frio plus. Uh, they were my three bets. Um, and I'm also market watch on the Tigers, if that gets in and cheap enough, the Gold Coast plus and the Carlton plus as well. Should they move? Yeah, excellent. And uh, for myself, um, I'm already on the Eagles. I've taken some minus 19.5, and and I'm actually also on some minus 24.5. So that line at the moment at 21.5, still very takeable for our listeners. Um, I've hopped into some Frio at 17.5 at the plus. Uh, So um, so that's that's one for the mug. And I have taken some $1.72 for North Melbourne. So that price is probably getting a little bit short now for our listeners at the $1.64, $1.65 mark. So probably wouldn't be recommending that. Um, But you never know, it might flip back the other way a couple of points. And if so, uh, get get stuck into that one. But um, that's a wrap. Uh, and sorry, Logical, yeah, no, before it just, we... It was just great to have Trent on the show um, tonight. Uh, he's a very modest uh, guy. He's probably the best footballer I played with. Um, undersized Ruckman, played played great football. Um, probably didn't sort of utilise his career as well as he, he could have. Um, he was also, at the time, the best double stubby scaler I've ever met. <laughs> so, um, uh, and that probably had something to do with it back in the time. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, it's great to have him on. It and, was. Uh, Bit of, bit of fun, and it was uh, good to catch up with the big fella, and uh, we were talking about the Stephen May stuff. How would he be got on in this uh, day and age? I don't know, but, uh, but uh, he's a good man, the hot dog, and uh, great to have him on the program. All right, mate. Well, all the best with your bets for the uh, for the upcoming There's week. plenty there for the listeners this week. I think uh, plenty of views. We had a couple of weeks ago. We didn't have much that we liked, but that happens, doesn't it? So we're uh, ready to go. <laughs> Round nine almost upon us. Uh, as we always say, uh, gamble responsibly, but more importantly, gamble to win.